Welcome to the Wellness Hub Podcast with your hosts, Natalie and Emily. We hope to inspire families to nourish their body, mind, and spirit and become advocates for their own health. On the Wellness Hub, we'll be sharing resources to support you and your family on your health and wellness journey. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. We have an exciting new guest this morning, Kelly Barnes with Little Ones PD. Infant and Pediatric Therapy. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry, I knew I was going to butcher that. Um, I'm Emily Brownlee. And I'm Natalie Reed. So, Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about your backstory, um, where you came from, and what ultimately made you want to become an SLP and a lactation counselor? Sure. Um, thank y'all so much for having me. I this is my first time on a podcast. So <laughs> you're killing. I don't know what to expect. <laughs> um, but I grew up in a rural West Texas town. Um, and so honestly, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Being from a small town is a blessing, but you're not really exposed to a lot of opportunity. So I knew I thought I wanted to do something medical. Um, and so I went to Texas Tech and about a couple years in, I was like, okay, what do I want to do? I know I knew I wanted to do something medical, but I didn't want to be a doctor and I didn't think I wanted to be a nurse. So somebody had mentioned uh, speech therapy to me. And in my mind, that was just the lady at school that helped kids say their R's and their <laughs> S's. Um, and so I was like, I don't, well, I don't know if I want to do that. I want to do something medical. Um, but they encouraged me. There was a class at Tech um, that was just kind of an introductory course. And so I decided to take that and learned about all the different things that a speech therapist can do. And it was just fascinating because there's so many different aspects of speech pathology, so many different settings you can work in um, and age groups that you can work with. So you know, I learned that a speech therapist, yes, you can work in a school and help kids with their R's, their S's, um, but you can also help adults with their communication if maybe they've had a stroke or um, there's a cognitive aspect of it where we can do cognitive testing and cognitive therapy, maybe on somebody that's had a traumatic brain injury. And then there's this swallowing aspect where, um, and, and honestly, I didn't even know that people had trouble swallowing or that was even a medical need. Um, but you know, maybe if somebody that can happen from any age. So whether you're a baby in the NICU and you just came out a little bit early and you need to learn how to coordinate that suck, swallow, breathe. Um, or maybe again, you were in a car accident or had a stroke and your swallowing has been affected. Or even as a, as we age, the muscles in our throat weaken just like any other muscles and that can cause us to have difficulty swallowing. Um, And then if you're having difficulty swallowing, you can get things down the wrong pipe Mm -hmm. and you can get food and liquid into your airway um, and that gets into your lungs and can cause pneumonia or trouble breathing. So there was just so many things involved that fascinated me. So I decided to go ahead and get into the program. Um, And then after school, I went the medical route and I worked in adult acute care at first and I thought I just want to work with adults I love adults and then a few years down the road I worked at um, a children's hospital and then I thought no I love these kiddos so much better Um, so I worked at a children's hospital for several years um, 
And so, yeah, it kind of went from there. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I, so as a PT, I, I'm semi-familiar with, you know, SLPs. Like, y'all don't have a ton of overlap with our scope of practice, but we know to refer to y'all with mm-hmm. anything like that um, because that's just so out of our wheelhouse, and we love y'all for that. Yes, um, we work closely together. Yes, and we had a handful of classes with SLP students mm-hmm. at Tech, a little bit more overlap with OT, but um, yeah, I appreciate y'all so much because none of that is in my wheelhouse. So yes, and and I've always worked with PTs since I got out of school. Um, in the children's hospital, we would see like we would work with babies in the NICU. Of course, you know, typically when babies are in mom's tummy, that's when they learn that suck, swallow, breathe pattern. Um, but when they come out a little bit early, we're kind of having to teach them what to do outside of mama's belly. So that's what I did in the NICU. And then we would always have moms come in, um, who were just having trouble feeding their baby. And maybe it was the last resort. Baby was losing too much weight. And so they had to come into the hospital and then you would get those acute care kiddos as well that I would treat. Um, but that's kind of where I fell in love with feeding and, um, that's where, when I decided to get my lactation counselor license as well, was in the NICU, just because, you know, I could help them bottle feed, mm-hmm. and I knew how to help them with their swallowing, but, you know, when mom was breastfeeding, honestly, I knew nothing about lactation or yeah. how to support her or answer her questions about her supply, so I decided to get my lactation counselor license just to be able to add something else under my belt. Um, yeah. Yeah, those work so, like, cohesively together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so is it, like, lip ties and tongue ties that you're looking for, or is it a broad range of different things? Really a broad range. Um, so as I got my lactation counselor license and started kind of going down that path as well, it opened my eyes to a lot of other issues that moms are having. So it, I do check and see if babies have a lip or a tongue tie, and a lot of times you are able to see that through their function and um, how they're feeding, how well they're feeding, how well they're latching. But I also check to see, you know, is it a flow issue? Is it a positioning issue? Um, Is it mom supply? So there's a bunch of different things that we can look at and see what what might be causing the issues yeah i love that and i will definitely be hitting you up if i have any issues but i've had a lot of moms ask for resources with that because you know they they offer them in the hospital and i'm sure they do a great job but a lot of them just feel like then they get home and things change and then they don't know who to talk to and um you know somebody with your background especially like you can really speak to the full scope of what all could be going on and yes you get support when you're in the hospital right after baby's born but if we're honest I mean at that point you're sleep deprived Uh you're stressed you're tired you're not really retaining all of that information um and so you know I think that if I would love I've started doing some prenatal classes with moms and I would love to be able to help them before a baby arrives, just kind of teaching them what to expect, um, preparing them, answering any of their questions, talking about their goals. And I mean, cause it's just like anything else, just like with you, when you mm-hmm. see moms, it's like, if you could just catch them before, then you yes. could kind of prepare them for what to expect. I mean, and when, when we do anything, like when we 
if we're an athlete and you are going to run a marathon, you train. Mm -hmm, but right. a lot of times we just expect these moms to go deliver a baby. Yeah. You know what to do. <laughs> yeah. And I think that um, so common it's when it comes to like latching and breastfeeding and stuff, I feel like it's so commonly like, well, it works for some people and it doesn't work for others. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like there's that, there is that lack of support of like, okay, why is it not working? You know, yes. there's so many um, different factors involved and that's just so cool that, that you yeah. cover all that. Yes. Yeah. It's, I think it's oversimplified. Like, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are like, eh, it just hurts. <laughs> yes. And I, I have learned that. I know it's not supposed to hurt if it hurts. Yes. Something's it's, wrong. <laughs> yes, it's not supposed to hurt. Uh-huh. And a lot of times it's just something so simple. Like maybe we can change how the baby's latching again or the position or something but it's so simple, but moms have no support or no help. And so they just give up and yeah. they don't meet their goals. And, you know, then that may, that can cause them to be disappointed in themselves. But, you know, I like to sit with them and talk about realistic expectations and these are your goals. How can we get there? And a lot of times it doesn't happen and that's okay. Yeah. And just teaching moms that, Hey, it's okay. If it, if you don't meet your goals. Yeah. And I think kind of, you know, we, we've talked a whole lot about, like, a prehab mentality of, like, doing stuff beforehand and not playing catch-up later when things are bad. Um, and I'm sure that would help a lot because there's so many emotions that go on with labor and delivery and being postpartum and, and kind of, like, to what you were speaking about with a prenatal perspective of, like, maybe let's set the expectations beforehand and talk about when do you need to reach out and what can you do um, before those big hormonal changes, yes. I'm sure that'd be so helpful. Yes. I love that. Can you explain to us what, um, it looks like working with you as a client? Um, so I do have an office here in town. Um, and one thing that I love about being on my own now versus when I was in a hospital setting is I really get to spend more time with these families and moms, um, when you come to my office, it's an individualized meeting. Like we talk about what your issues are. I sit with you, listen, um, ask you questions. And so it's really specific and geared towards you. Um, you know, when we're in the hospital, it's a high stress environment. So the recommendations that I'm making, a lot of times you just don't retain them because there's so many other things that you have to be thinking about. But when I get you in my office, it's kind of like, feeding is the focus. And so, um, we're able to make some good recommendations. Um, I really like to do, I start out doing an initial consultation. Um, and so I like, if, especially if it's a baby, I want mom to bring baby with her so I can watch them feed. Um, I'll usually try to watch a breastfeeding or a bottle feeding if you don't breastfeed. Um, and I always try to look in baby's mouth. So I'll put on some gloves, look inside baby's mouth, assess their latch and their suck, and then we'll watch them feed. And I'll just answer any questions or concerns that you might have. Do you do any kind of like training with, um, transitioning to whole foods or anything like that, or like training parents and how to help your kids with that? Yes. Yes. So I do see all ages, um, and 
you know, I always tell parents when it, you start solids, it's always a little bit difficult for kiddos. So I do see kids when they're starting solids, um, or maybe you have a toddler that's just a picky eater, or you're just noticing some trouble as they get a little bit older, maybe gagging, you know, something like that when they start solids. Yes, I do see those kiddos as well, so. Very cool. There, there was a book that my SLP friends recommended that I read about, um, like introducing kids to foods and trying to help them mm-hmm. not be picky eaters and that kind of stuff. And I was, I was thinking about you reading yeah. it. Like, okay, I bet Kelly does all this. This is yes, awesome. yes, that's awesome. And so, um, what has been the most rewarding part of your practice so far? Honestly, you know, I think just being able to help these families feed their kiddos, like. Mm-hmm. Feeding and swallowing is something so basic to all of us, but when you can't feed your child, it's very stressful and not just for you, but for your whole family. Um, So when I can ease a little bit of that stress for families, um, and and like I said, sometimes it's just something so simple, a simple little change. So when I can do that and just bring a little bit of peace (laughs) to someone's household, then that can make all the difference. Well, that's the cool thing with with your expertise. Like you see things that other people miss and it it may not even be a huge deal, but just having that insight can can change someone's life, literally. Um, Because nutrition is so important early Mm -hmm. on with all their development. Um, Do you have any kind of like classes or things that you offer um, instead of just one-on-one consultations or is it all one-on-one consultations? Um, actually we do have, I'm going to be teaching a prenatal class with a couple other girls, a chiropractor and a doula. And that's going to be in August, I believe August 30th, but I'll have some more information coming out about that on my social media page. Um, but yes, we're going to be teaching a prenatal class, just kind of what to expect. Um, but then I do, I also do the individual prenatal courses as well. And I'll probably try to do some more prenatal classes in the future. Very cool. Yeah. Keep us updated on those. That sounds really exciting. For, um, new mamas, do you do home visits or, um, are you able to go like if they're needing something at the Mm -hmm. birth center or something like that? Yes, I can do home visits as well. I primarily see people in my office, but if there's a mom that wants to be seen in her home, we can definitely make those accommodations. Cool. Um, where do you see little ones going in the future as a business? Um, I obviously would love to grow. Um, I just want to be able to help more families in our community. Um, looking long term down the road, I would love, you know, I've always worked with other disciplines in other settings. And so I would love to maybe bring in some other disciplines as well to be able to say, hey, I'm seeing this, um, but I can't fix this issue. And so let me refer you over to my friend. So maybe bringing in some other disciplines. Um, One thing I've noticed with these babies, if they're having difficulty feeding, um, a lot of times they're really fussy and that'll cause them to be really tense and tight. And so there's, you know, I can refer over to a PT or, um, or something like that and so maybe expanding and bringing in some other disciplines that might be something on the list yeah i love that because um that's again that's kind of something we've been talking about a whole lot in a lot of these podcasts is we all have our lane and what we're an expert in and that's Mm -hmm. awesome but 
um, those of us who really have that servant's heart to serve our patients, we just love going, hey, that's out of my wheelhouse, mm -hmm. but you know who can help you? Because um, that's really what it's all about. It's just helping our patients, helping our families. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I know we were talking before about a lot of people um, just aren't familiar with an SLP or a lactation mm -hmm. consultant. And so if we were new moms, um, what would be something like symptoms or um, reasons that we would see um, in our baby or um, feeding that would lead us to be like, okay, I need to contact yes. Kelly and ask for help. Yes. And I'm glad you asked that because a lot of times mom ex moms experience these things and they think, oh, that's just normal. That's just how it is. Um, but I would say if you are having difficulty, if, of course, if it's painful when they're latching, um, sometimes babies will get really fussy during feedings. If they're very fussy or you might hear, my baby's just very colicky, um, something like that. If they're very fussy, we might want to do an eval and just make sure are they taking in too much air? Are they getting enough? Um, are they getting too much? Sometimes that can cause them to be fussy. Um, if a lot of times, especially maybe if there was something medical or maybe a little bit of jaundice or something like that, babies can be really sleepy. Mm -hmm. So um, if they're really sleepy and able to finish their feedings, maybe they're not gaining enough weight and the doctors are concerned with their weight gain. Um, you might hear my baby's reflux. See, has some reflux. Of course, if you're concerned with the lip or a tongue tie, or even just your you had a good supply and your supply is decreasing and you're not able to keep that up, um, that could be due to a latch or the way baby's feeding. Um, so all of those things are reasons that you might sign up. And and like I said, a lot of times moms think, oh, I just thought this was normal. And yeah. then they wait too long and then we have to play catch up. So the sooner that you get in, the better. I always say early intervention is yeah. the best because if we can catch it early, then we can fix it early and we're not having to play catch up. Yeah, I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like a lot of the time moms are kind of silent sufferers and it's mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, my mom said it was hard and so this is just part of it. And I mean, same thing with pelvic health it's like oh well you just pee your pants after you have kids yes. I'm like no 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 stop that um you deserve better but um what are some like are there any devices or um types of bottles or types of pacifiers things like that that you'd recommend like maybe even before there's a problem that you really think like that would be a good investment for new parents um so I really like, I always tell parents as far as pacifiers, um, I like the ones that have like the cylinder shape and those are usually the ones that they'll give you in the hospital, but the ones that are, have the flatter shape, they kind of push your tongue down to the bottom of your mouth and then, you know, babies can't really cup. And so, you know, when they're breastfeeding, they can't cup the nipple and strip the milk out. So if you're going to get a pacifier, please don't get the flat ones. Okay. Get the round cylinder ones. Um, I think those are the ones they give you in the hospital, too. Mm -hmm. um, and same with the bottles. If you're whatever bottle you get, make sure the nipple has like a cylinder shape. Um, also, there are different flow rates with mm -hmm. bottles. So and one bottle might say it's a slow flow and it might be a ton faster than the next bottle that says it's a slow flow. So. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, I don't, I don't like to recommend anything specific, but yeah. just kind of be aware that there are different flow rates. And if you're breastfeeding, I always say go with the, the slower flow. Um, but if you are wondering if maybe this is the right flow, you can contact me. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. We can try to figure that out. As far as, I feel like I've seen this, I don't, with some friends back home, um, but as far as like older little ones and sippy cups, I feel mm -hmm. like that's a big, mm -hmm. like controversial thing. What are your thoughts on yes, that? Yes, I mean, I also want to be, I, I do think that it, it can inhibit maybe some oral skills, but at the same time, I want to be realistic and yeah. say, I know mom doesn't want juice all over her floor, <laughs> so you do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I've seen, so one of the gifts that one of my SLP friends gave us for, for our little one are the, like, sippy cups that have, like, the straw kind of thing oh, instead um, of the traditional. Oh, yes. I don't know, like, what what you know about those or what you think about those. I, I think that a straw is good. I mean, we always say first to try to start cup drinking. Mm -hmm. And I think moms just immediately go to a sippy cup because it's just easier. You don't yeah. have those spills everywhere. Right. Um, but, it, you know, if they're sitting in their high chair at the table, you could work with them on a cup mm -hmm. and then maybe move into a straw and do it that way. Um, but like I said, I know there's situations where you're yeah. like, I just got to give them something to drink and I don't yeah. want it all over my car or. <laughs> well, and something I read was like, if you think about perspectively, like if you give a kid a regular size cup, that's like you drinking out of a, like five <laughs> <Right>. gallon. <Yeah. laughs> so like starting with a smaller cup mm -hmm. or even like a shot glass or something like that, yes. that's more manageable. Uh -huh. I thought, yeah. huh, that makes a lot of sense, but I never thought about yes. it. Yes, and, you know, really controlling it. You mm -hmm. know, you don't want them to just <laughs> tip, tip it over. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I had never even thought about, you mentioned, like, with supply and stuff, that even could be something to do with the baby's mm -hmm. latch or, like, how they're, but that makes a lot of sense if you think about, like, how much our bodies communicate with theirs to, to make all that happen. That's yes. so cool. I mean, it really is. In those first few days, your body is producing colostrum and that sort of thing based on your hormones. But mm -hmm. as, you know, your mature milk comes in, it really is supply and demand. Um, that's the biggest thing that I tell moms, it's supply and demand. So if your body isn't receiving for baby that they need the milk, then your body's not going to make the milk. So, yeah. And sometimes that can be because the latch, if they... If the baby's latch isn't strong, then the body thinks, oh, I don't need to make enough milk. So that's mm -hmm. crazy. Uh, what are some, like, are there any nutrition components that you discuss with your with your patients about lactation support? I mean, I do tell them, you know, drink water, that sort of thing. But in the course that I took, they talk about how women in third world countries can breastfeed. Yeah. So, um you know, there's not, there's not a lot of things that I recommend, or I don't want moms to stress too much about, I need to eat this, or I need to do this, take mm -hmm. this supplement, drink this. I mean, of course, stay healthy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, keep your, nourish your body, yeah. and Natalie can help you nourish your body. <laughs> um, but, like I said, women all over the world can breastfeed, no matter what diet they're on, and um, it's the same with people. Women always ask me, well, do, does my shape, my body shape play a part in it? Um, mm -hmm. But no, like all kinds of women can breastfeed all shapes and sizes. And your body was made 
for your baby. So yeah, mm-hmm. I love that because I think postpartum nutrition is such a puzzle to most people because they want to lose weight and they want to feel good, but they don't want to, you know, drive their supply. And mm-hmm. there's just tons of pressure from every angle. I feel like yeah, yes. it's like make sure you're feeding your baby, but make sure you bounce back within four weeks or yeah. whatever. Like so much mom, mom guilt, like crazy from every aspect. I yes. Think. I think there definitely needs to be a little bit more grace and yeah. teaching moms. And I think again, if we could catch them sooner and say, Hey, it's okay to have a, a little bit of grace with yourself. If mm-hmm. this doesn't go exactly like you planned. hundred mm-hmm. percent. You can get so in your head, especially like if you're home alone with, with your little one and mm-hmm. you don't have somebody to say, Hey, stop it. Yes. <laughs> you're being mean to yourself. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. So when that. it comes to, um, your services, I know everybody's bio individual, but is, you know, I feel like when people take on a new service or like, do I have to do a package? Am mm-hmm. I locked in for a $2,000, you know, six month thing. What does that look like? Right. Um, so I always do an initial consultation just to get a kind of a baseline of where we're at. And if it's something very small that I think that we can change, um, then I'll say, maybe I just want to see you a couple more times. Um, but I do have some package options if I think it's going to take a little bit longer. Um, And so after our initial assessment, we'll just kind of base that on how severe is this issue? Is it something mild that I think maybe four treatments we can get this fixed? Or is it something more severe where I think we need to see them a little bit longer? Um, And if it is, I do have some package options to make that a little bit more affordable for moms. Yeah, I think that's awesome because I think some of it too is probably just practice, right? Like implementing mm-hmm. what they what you teach them and then seeing you know, yes and I work? I usually like to see them weekly um just so especially little babies they change so quickly and mm-hmm. something can you know they might be having a terrible time one day and the next day they're completely fine so I like to check on them weekly because they they change quickly yeah <laughs> for sure and are you sending moms home with like exercises or are you mostly doing like the treatment at the practice and then it's carried over at home um no i do send them home with exercises or tips um strategies that they can try at home um you know we might talk about positioning and so i might tell them to try this um so there's different strategies that i might tell them to try at home and then um, we might do some exercises if they need some help on the baby suck or latch or something like that yeah do you find that there's any kind of connection between like feeding problems and maybe like developmental delay or things like that? Or do you feel like those are just um, case by case basis? <clears throat> I mean, I, I feel like sometimes if there is a, a developmental delay, there can be um, a feeding issue as well. But I, I don't think they're always one causes the other right. all the time. Okay. Um. I had another question in my head and it went away. <laughs> I have <laughs> a see if I can think unrelated to peds, but um, I really didn't know that lip ties and tongue ties affected adults also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so have you done stuff with adults before previously? I haven't done anything with adults. I am signed up for a course that I'm going to take in a couple months that dives all into tethered oral tissues. Um, but yes, I think that there are some studies that show that it can affect adults as well. Yeah, with like the fascia line and 
all uh-huh. of that. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because I know I have some. I worked um, at a at a place that was able to look for them. And they were like, yeah, you definitely do. And I, we weren't able to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, that's oh, probably, that, yeah, was a big part. And a lot of times, again, it, it all has to do with function. So if you looked inside my mouth, you might say, well, she has a tongue tie. But, um, you know, if it just depends on function. Sometimes I'll look at baby's mouth and think that could be a tie, but they feed perfectly fine. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just depends on what the function looks like. So is that just something that we weren't really as aware of until more recently? Or? I think more recently there's been um, things coming out about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad that the awareness has increased. Mm-hmm. Um, who are kind of your primary primary um, referral sources? Like, do you see patients um, coming from pediatricians and stuff? Is it more... Um, word of mouth and who do you think are kind of the practitioners that need to keep this in mind and send mamas and and their kiddos your way? Um, I do think right now a lot of it is word of mouth Um, but of course pediatricians um, you're they the pediatricians are the ones seeing these babies firsthand Um, so if they're noticing any issues they can refer um, dentists maybe if moms notice a tongue tie they might go to a dentist and so um i i always would like to see a baby first before a tongue is clipped um just to to check the latch and function of that um so i always would like to see them first and just get a baseline of where they're at yeah um other like chiropractors you know they're seeing mamas and these babies physical therapists, they yep. see these moms and babies. So I think anybody that really is dealing with pregnancy or um, children, babies, they would all be great referral sources. I feel like there needs to be some sort of like group. I know. Or, <laughs> or moms needing support from an SLP, like a Facebook group yeah. or something. <laughs> Mom SOS. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Awesome. Well, we can... Um, Oh, right, right, right. So glad you pointed that out. We, talk- <laughs> we would have skipped over that completely. Um, I love that we talked about this previously, but fill us in on um, your you and your husband's local oh, beef <laughs> adventure. <laughs> well, we just started. Um, I feel like we have so many things going on. My husband says I run around with my hair on fire, but... Um, I've heard that. <laughs> um, we do... We raise cattle, and my we've started selling beef to the public. Um, my husband has, we just purchased a beef trailer where we have a freezer in there, and we're going to travel around the Lubbock area and um, sell our beef to the public. And we have individualized steaks and roasts and ground beef. So, awesome. <laughs> so what is it going to be called? Uh, his company is called Rock Iron Cattle Company. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. That's awesome. We were talking about this before we started. So. Yeah, I was like, you know, their Lubbock is huge. Uh-huh. Like, you know, there's almost a half million people in the area. We need all the local beef and produce and everything mm-hmm. that we can, especially with grocery prices. Mm-hmm. Yes. Being astronomical. Um, that's so awesome. Would you guys ever, like, do you have any desire to, like, cook it? Or is it more of, like, a producer to consumer type thing just producer to consumer i mean we want to start maybe like 
giving people some ideas or recipes on how to cook it but no yeah. we don't want to cook for them <laughs> that's fair that's that's enough as it is yeah <laughs> just just producing it but yes. that's so exciting yeah um well kelly what would you say is the legacy that you want to leave behind um well i would say maybe going a little bit deeper just based on my faith i feel like god puts all of us on this earth for a specific purpose and we're all given specific gifts and purposes or specific gifts to be able to fulfill those purposes um and so i just hope that every day i can step into that and maybe multiply what the gifts i've been given to be able to reach more people um and just be able to be a light maybe bring some peace and some patience into these homes where maybe they're struggling with feeding their kiddos yeah I love that. I think you're already fulfilling that, and I'm sure you'll continue to do so. So I think that's so awesome. You're the best, Kelly. Yes, I love it. Can you tell us um, or tell our listeners how they can contact you? What's the best way to contact? Yes, so I am on Instagram and Facebook, and it's Little Ones PD Therapy. Um, Little Ones Infant and PD, yeah, Little Ones PD Therapy. And um, I have my website on there and a phone number, email. You can contact me any of those ways. We'll tag your stuff um, when we're, you know, promoting this episode too. So mm-hmm. I know if I if I don't have a link, I'll lose it with my mom brain. Yeah. So. <laughs> Very cool. Well, it, it was such a joy getting to talk with you, Kelly, and kind of getting into what you do for these families i know that is so so needed and so um um hopefully becoming more common and Mm -hmm. more more normal but it's so greatly needed yeah Um, it's such an important thing and we're we're lucky to have you yes thank (laughs) y'all and like i just hope more more moms know that there's help out there yeah don't suffer don't (laughs) suffer alone (laughs) yes awesome well thank you so much kelly thank y'all